You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is Paul Gillieri. Paul, we have got a very fun episode brought to you by the return of school. Yeah, it's back to school. You would know this better than anybody I know. Well, I don't know if I know it better than Alice Cooper, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't he school's out for summer? Yeah. School's back in for fall. <laughs> Don't know. That's a B-side, that single. Um, well, before we get too into the weeds on what we've got cooking for you this week, again, as we always do, a big thank you to our patrons. Um, Amy Wynn won the live Gigaton CD. That was a Patreon-only giveaway. Uh, more of those giveaways to come. And we just dropped uh, episode five of dropping the show. So again, if you're interested in joining, the link is in our bio of whatever handle you follow us on. So check it out if you'd like to. Otherwise, you know what you got to do, Paul. You got to rate. You got to review. You got to subscribe. You got to feed that algorithm. In the words of Chris Farley's character from Billy Madison... That is correct. (laughs) And what better segue talking about a movie about going back to school than today's episode. And we're talking back to school. And so I I think we actually came up with this idea at um, a little birthday dinner for me. Me and you were kind of just spitballing over drinks and dinner. We're like, what about we're going back to school? What if what if we chose the Pearl Jam song that best would be the illustration or jumping off point to teach a certain subject in high school. Yeah. So we, we you, you chose uh, a few topics. We kind of edited a couple. We've got five, we've got five mm-hmm. topics, five uh, uh, classes that one might uh, partake in high school. It, by the way, if you are a high school student, uh, let us know if this works for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are happy to write your administrator of choice and suggest this fine course in uh, blending music and social commentary together to better advance your education. We facilitate learning. That's what we do. Two points to that. Um, One, it's going to mean a lot more coming from Paul, who actually is a high (laughs) educator. Not, he's not high, but he's high up in the food chain. Uh, educator uh, could also be high. I don't, I don't know. Um, I whereas I am not. But two, I actually tried to. Um, well, I didn't try. I did. I don't know how well the grade was. Uh, I wrote an essay um, in college, uh, utilizing do the evolution as a way of like possibly using music to prognosticate on the future. And interesting. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think he liked it too much because I just really honed in on Pearl Jam. <laughs> you know, it's but, uh, all about it's all about how you frame things. I think sure. I, I I took a, a I use Quick Art over on uh, like on uh, 
Ventura? Oh, I, I wrote an essay on how the three Rambo films mm. were essentially a, a, a microcosm of post-McCarthy era uh, U.S. politics and foreign relations. I love it. I'm in. Yeah. Do you still have it on a hard drive somewhere? Can I read it? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I, oh. I could I, I could easily summarize it and probably bore the hair gray off every head of our good listeners right now. Right. Save for save for you know the, the those of us who actually are still sporting some of those. In which Got case, they'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be pushing those in, into uh, the white territory if we, if you want me to. All right, fair enough. Uh, so let's get into it then. Uh, songs. Well, we're choosing a song for one of five subjects. The subjects are by the way, civics, foreign language, physics slash chemistry, so science basically, math, and English. And mm-hmm. so our task was to I, choose... I, I think you, you could, I mean, when you say civics, the, I, I kind of think of it like like history and civics. Right? Yeah, you, you could take absolutely. like a, a AP Gov, right? Versus world history. So if you have two tracks to 100%. go... 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, I did choose, I, I chose one, but I do have a couple of honorable mentions for that particular topic so we can discuss. Okay. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll say that one for the last. Um, Got it. So yeah, choose basically the, the, the homework here, wink, wink, was to uh, come up with the song that best represents that class and would make the best jumping off point for a discussion in that classroom. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you want to pick the first the first class, the first topic, the first uh, genre. What, what am I thinking? Um, course. Um, sure, I'm happy to do that. Okay, what do you got? So let's go. Let, let's go with a science class. All right, sir. Um, yeah. All right. So how about this? We, we'll alternate picking the genres, the course. I keep calling them genres, courses, and then the other person will be the first one to talk. So mm. my choice. And I'm curious to see if we're going to have any any um, any any same picks. <clears throat> My choice for physics slash chemistry slash science is retrograde. Ooh, well, climate change action. That's right. I like it. This one jumped off the page to me. Uh, without understanding and appreciating science, we will never tackle climate change. And obviously, the first part is to convince a large number of people that numbers and science isn't personal opinion. It's conclusions made from thousands of experiments. It's real. It's data. Trends are there for reasons. It's how we predict the weather, for Christ's sake. I mean, it, it's how you have an iPhone in your pocket, etc., etc., etc. You know, it's insane <laughs> to me <laughs> that we're here, but, you know. Um, so start at your goal and work backwards. That's what this song can do for you. It lays out what we need to do and shows you where to look to learn how to solve it. It's all science and trusting in that discipline. So I think, you know, I was hemming and hawing. I had a couple of uh, other choices here. Um, my honorable mention for this uh, is pendulum. Hmm. Uh, physics, pendulum, the swinging back and forth. I kind of use it a little bit more vague and creatively, um, but I think retrograde is a little bit better, better choice for me for the physics and chemistry front what do you what do you think about that and what is your choice i think it's a great choice i love the uh, the application of those lyrics into uh examining the effects of climate 
on uh, our social constructs, on uh, our habitat, and how we, we seem to be unaware, apparently, that we are creating a catastrophic, cataclysmic <laughs> event. And uh, we, 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 I say we're unaware, despite the fact that there's so much written about this and so much discussed. For years. Most, but mostly because it's, it's not creating the necessary policy to reverse things. And I get it, you know, when it comes to politics, everything is like a slow-moving tanker. But the reality is sometimes it's worth kind of, you know, being honest about a situation and saying, you know what, make haste, my friends. Yeah. Make haste. So what, what is your choice? My choice is getaway. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I don't know how or why, but please tell me. Well, I'm going to read part of the song here. Science says we're making love like the lizards. Try and say that fossils ain't profound. Hmm. Silence says we're not allowed to consider. Silence says stand up, sit down, you're out. Just uh, I always think... You went the biology route. We didn't have biology. I I did. I went the biology route. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Um... I don't know. I, I think that this this song does a really nice... I mean, obviously, there are some, some faith undertones here, which I'm not going to get too deep into right now, but I always liked the way that this song kind of painted... Paul, Paul, yeah. nature is its own religion. Yeah, well... The last week's yeah. of the week. So, <laughs> I recall. That it all ties together, so, my friend. It does. It does. So, you know what? This is one of those songs that I think it, it deserves its place in a conversation about biology or the history of the cell however you want to look at it um getaway is my choice i like it and i like that we have uh different choices yeah uh, and, and different and focusing them on different um uh practices of science i think is cool all right let's next go to math math let's go to math what, what is your choice for math my choice for math um you know, I, I I struggled with this one a little bit. Yeah, it was. I uh, I started off with light years. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was the one that I I began with. Only and which is it sounds weird because it's a song that on the surface you think about it and you think, oh well, that that song seems to be more about science, right? I mean, mostly because I think it elicits the the uh, the undertones of of just travel through space. But also, you think of the cover. You know what I mean? What is it like a nebula or something like that that they yep. have on the? And uh, I think it's really easy to to kind of get lost in that. But <clears throat> I think uh, when you look at the the lyrics of the song, I think that there is that there there's a computation that's happening here that he's trying to figure out as a subject. Mm. You know? I've used hammers made out of wood, played games with pieces and rules, deciphered tricks at the bar, but now you're gone. I haven't come. Up, I haven't figured out why. Come up with riddles and jokes about war. Figured out numbers and what they're for. So I, uh, I think that <clears throat> being able to to understand that math is essentially the language of the universe, mm-hmm. and which is funny. I always think of the Andy Wood quote: "Music is a universal language." But maybe math and music are speaking a similar tongue and in some ways music allows us to get in touch with a, a fabric of the universe that extends well beyond the, the temporal and 
math, I think, is a way to try to make some, some tangible sense out of things that don't seem to make sense otherwise. Well, whenever you think about, whenever you watch um, a movie about uh, space or, or trying to reach whatever could be out there, it's always mathematical, right? The mm -hmm. angles and, and, and whatever the uh, formulas are to reach a certain distance, it's all math. Everything is math. Um, fractals, you know, there's a great song yeah. by Tool called Lateralis using, yeah. using fractal and, it, and it's spiraling out, spiraling out. And it's all some of the most beautiful um, things in, in nature, like snowflakes are, are mathematical and how they are created. So I, I think it's a great choice. Thank you, my friend. I am going to go with nothing, man. Oh, how about that first line? Nothing left to subtract. I like it. See? So this song, as many love songs are, is teaching simple arithmetic. One plus one equals two, and two can equal one, if you catch my drift there. Yeah. Um, but if you divide the two, you're left in a situation where you are unable to subtract anything but yourself. There's nothing there. Hence the point of the song. Nothing, yeah. man. It's simple. It's illustrative. It's metaphor, but it works. And, and Ed found a way to show this with that brilliant first line and then obviously expand on it for the rest of the song. So yeah, it's a love song, but a, like you just mentioned, it's a love song uh, illustrated through essentially math mm -hmm. it, to make this, to simplify it to a very um, uh, unemotional kind of thing. Just look at the bare bones of it. If you remove something, you are left as the only thing and that's there's nothing left around you. So I love that um, as a jumping off point because it, it's almost like even though the line there is very, is very um, uh, just addition and subtraction, well, I guess divided, yeah. So you take the arithmetic, but then it almost gives you a jumping off point for algebra because there's, there's variables and there's unknown quantities and using, using love to kind of work yourself backwards, similar to how I approach retrograde, I think is why I like Nothing Man as my math choice, which seems on the surface very strange. Mm. I think it's a good call. I actually, uh, so far, I think Light Years and Nothing Man, I think are, are are my two favorite picks that we've come up with for for one of these subjects. Fantastic! Yeah. All right, so I'm um, excited about this. Where are we going to go next? What what, uh, what course are we going to next? Um, we can go. I actually had uh, I had a philosophy course here, believe it or not. But, philosophy, <laughs> yeah. I thought, we were, I thought we were sticking to the five we chose. We we we, we were we were. But, oh, so uh, you have a bonus? I'm, I'm interested. I have a bonus. Okay, but I'm I'm, I'm going to stick away from that. Let's go to foreign language. Foreign language. Oh man, this was my favorite one to, to do. This was my least favorite one to do. Well, I, I say most favorite because it was super difficult until until I realized the obvious choice. Buenos Aires. <laughs> no, but you're not wrong because my choice is Ayatavanita. Yeah. Yeah. How about a song that uses sort of Italian in the title and lyrics? Except nobody really knows what that song means. Oh, what I will it? tell you right now what it means, my friend. <laughs> in fact, I reached out to Step and asked him, I go, well, what, do you, what, do you, what do you know about this song? I don't think there's a real consensus on this. Well, you know what? According to the internet, it's just it, who knows, right? But right. I found I found 
a, um, a page that guessed it was this. And I did a little bit of sleuthing, and I said, I said, you know what? They're not far off base. Um, can can you believe this album came out in 1994, and we're actually still trying to figure this out? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'll not, I'll yeah. never stop trying to figure it out. Uh, from what I can surmise, though. Ayadavanita roughly means always of vanity or always by vanity, something like that. And that really speaks to the Vitalogy record, in my opinion, right? It, it, it really fits that motif. But yeah, I mean, purely because this song and its small style of lyrics is sort of Italian, had to be my pick. <laughs> I simply went with that. Um, Aya is like, um, it's almost like a slang of always. Like mm-hmm. sempre, sempre is Italian for for always, but there's like there's a couple of secondary words, and one of them is aye, and then da is I believe uh, of or a version of of, and then vanita is uh, vanity. So I like it. Yeah, that, that's why I'm going with that. I, I don't know if that if it holds a lot of water, but it was a hard one to choose from, and I I saw that and I go, I love it. Yeah, this was the easiest one for me to choose. Really? Yeah. Are you going with Buenasera? Are you going with... Uh, no. Can I see my friend? I'm going with Ole. God fucking damn it. <laughs> that just happened, my friend. I got that, that means right now we're listening to Ole underneath. Hey, that's right. That, it, yeah, exactly. I forced this song into a podcast. It happened. Look, I'm going to read you a line, okay? Please um, don't. What you say, what you say, what can you say of importance... What you gonna say? But Olay, boom, mic drop. Uh, you know, there, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> mic flick. <laughs> mic flick. Ah, <laughs> uh, gang. Let's just talk you and I together for a second. Paul, Paul can, Paul can hang on the side. Is Paul ridiculous? I don't know what's happening right now. We, we all know how much I don't like that song. It's barely a song, and yet here we are, and he's thrusting this into a, into a. One of our listicles. No, Somehow. I'm not and just that. I'm not. thrusting it into the fabric of American education. Right you now. are. <laughs> you're making it. You're making it mandatory. Worldwide, actually, because we have listeners all over the world. We do, but yeah, you know what though? Those of you out there who are Spanish speaking, do you think Olay is, is a quality song? <laughs> what you say? What you say? Of importance. Oh boy. <sighs> Moving on. I can't. I can't. I just can't with that one. Uh, second to last choice. Let's go with English. Yep. Uh, you go first. Tell me what you got. Uh, for English. You know, for, I, I started experimenting with it. I started thinking to myself, you know what? Why don't I pick like the most opaque lyrics? You know what I mean? Probably a Jeff song or something where it's just pure metaphor and you're, 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 mm. it's really left to interpretation. And it, and I, I do think that there's a lot of merit to, to that direction. I do. Uh, that said though, I think that th- there is a better choice. I think it, it's less about trying to find some type of uh, layers of metaphor. And sometimes I think the answer is just kind of right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the syntax in present tense. Mm. I like the uh, the lyrical content. I think that it's it's a song that has aged well. And I think, you know, Mark Twain once said that the definition of a classic is a book that demands rereading. And so I, th- I think that, you know, 
despite the fact that these lyrics don't necessarily shroud themselves in metaphor and force us to have to to go back and forth over them and see if we can unpeel the layers like an onion i do think that they demand revisiting and this song continues to demand revisiting uh it, despite the fact that its heart is on its sleeve and i think that it does a, a really fine job of, of communicating a really important message and uh it's a message that is both salient and profound um do you see the way that tree bends does it inspire you know i talk about real poetry is finding the extraordinary in the ordinary i cited a, a william carlos william poem on this podcast before called the red wheelbarrow a great example of that uh something that's illustrative of our ability to 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 to, to see in between the lines and that that's really what reading in in an ela class is all about is when you, what do you see in between the lines um leaning out to catch the sun's rays a lesson to be applied uh, there's so much poetry here and, and i think that just just that line a lesson to be applied i think is is very much a summation of of what you're trying to accomplish in in an english class are you getting something out of this all encompassing trip um you know there's there's so much happening in this song check your hands and study the lines right there you go lines mm-hmm. so it when i read this song it just seemed to to speak volumes about the essence of what a language arts class should embody and uh, i went with present tense for that reason well i agree present tense my choice for english oh wow yep we we uh we doubled up on one now the obvious reason here is the literal in that you have past present and future tense yep it's yep. one of the, it's one of the tenses yep Eat right there you're out of the gate there's already a window to fly through it, it it it's basically it's hand in hand with Olay, right on <laughs> right on the nose <laughs> you're on one tonight um but i think you can use uh that to illustrate the idea of telling a story as well and i think you kind of were, were, were going there um you can use that story to also help illustrate how the tenses all work together it's mm-hmm. it's a little it's a little murky um but when i think about english class it's as much as correct understanding of the language as it is studying and appreciating novelists and their intentions. You mentioned the Red Wheelbarrow. Um, I think this song could be used in a way to accomplish both of those directives. Um, so I think I feel like we're kind of saying the same thing. Uh, and I think it's a really wonderful song to to use to open up a conversation. That that, that was whole, my whole thing with, with this exercise is what's the song that's going to not be so fucking literal that there's nowhere to go with the conversation <laughs> but one that that ties to it that goes okay can can we can we talk about this in a way that's going to expand and, and dive deeper and i think we both agree that present tense is the perfect song yeah i'm with you on that well that leaves us with the last one and that is the civics slash history slash politics kind mm-hmm. of class um when I was in high school, uh, the very first class I ever went to when I moved, I moved my freshman year of high school into a new school. Very hard time to move. Uh, and the first class I walked into the morning I, I went in was Western civilization, basically a civics class, the, basically the history of the Western world. Uh, and imagine if I had been given Do the Evolution as the song to, t- to open up that discussion. 
nothing more apropos of Western civilization than do the evolution, in my opinion. The history of man is really wrapped up in this one. I mean, obviously in a very cynical way, but it's easy to be cynical when you look at what we've done to the planet and its natural inhabitants. Yeah. This this arrogance, Paul, this, this greed, this blindness to collateral damage and an end game all prove what we are about. I, I really hope we learn our lessons at some point before it's not too late. Now, Ed's saying in 2010, watch it go to fire. Obviously, that came and went. Ed, this current calendar year tour started singing 2020, watch it go to fire. Yeah. yeah. And uh, maybe that was the start. And it's just a slow burn because I think a lot of us felt uh, maybe even a couple years before that things starting to decline, uh, depending on how you feel about, you know, reality and such. But um, yeah, do the evolution for me was the, was the obvious choice. I have a couple of honorable mentions. I will save for after you make your choice. I went with do the evolution as well. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, for for, for many of the same exact reasons, just a, a a chronicle of man's exploitation of not just natural resources and habitats, but also the the uh, acculturation of of indigenous peoples and you know our ability to to go far beyond monetize. Because I, I think that really is it's a more applicable to, to the digital and media age. But um, we have a, a, a history, not just of, of rape, pillage, and plunder, but we have a history as a civilization of destruction. There's just something hardwired into our nature to, to destroy. Equally hardwired is our ability and our inclination and our drive to build and explore. And I think that that inclination is what brings us to the moon. It's what, what, what causes us to continue to, to desire and to strive to explore far beyond the stars. But <clears throat> at the same time, our inability to see what's right in front of us with, with polar ice caps melting and... Uh, the pollution of our of our oceans and, and uh, the killing of so many species it's it's truly profound and uh, and I don't say that in a good way that's probably the wrong word actually it's it's staggering is what I should say staggering and uh, demoralizing you talk about building and exploring it's usually at the expense of something mm-hmm. else it's not it's not a it's not a zero sum game for us we don't give a shit it isn't and there's there's so much reward in doing something for others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's just so much reward. Uh, there is a uh, a phrase in Latin. It says "ad majorum de gloriam," means for the for, for the greater glory of God. It's a it's a Jesuit phrase. <clears throat> And uh, the the idea behind it was that you want to be a person for others, and um, there's the, the the concept is that you you receive joy from and you receive fulfillment and meaning and purpose from putting someone else above yourself. And then when you're able to do that, you start to to see the true meaning of life. And it's it's bizarre to think about that that you, you've been gifted with this 
this life and it's it's supposed to be this thing you're supposed to optimize right but there's no greater way to optimize it than to put it in the service of helping others do the same and and if imagine if every soul did that hmm. talk about our ability to lift boats and you know what i mean it's and, and everything with it it's uh it truly is something to behold when we're able to do that uh and, and you know what you, you see it on a on a microcosm or in a microcosm when when you watch a sports team come together around uh, every player you know what i mean uh when, when you watch a a group of people collaborate on something and work together to solve an issue or a problem um that 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 ultimately benefits everybody in some way i don't know i uh, i wish that we could we I'm could separate that's, that, that's socialism paul i'm told no it's not i mean it's that uh, i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go, go <laughs> i'm yeah, not gonna go yeah. down that rabbit hole right now but um <clears throat> i i think that look that there there is an element of capitalism that that has merit obviously i mean you you want to feel as though you can you can strive to better your life and that competition there, there is are, good sure that there's no limitations to that however when it becomes competition at the expense of, of everybody and, and everything, and it becomes so um, self-absorbed and and so um, just concretely focused on wealth and and capital as opposed to uh, giving back and 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 contributing. You know what I mean? Like it. The more you gain, the more you have to contribute. Yeah. And I think that that that's the piece that gets lost is it, that the more you gain, it should not be the more you have to hoard. It should be the more that you now have to contribute. I mean, if, if I am a man of little means, I don't have too much to contribute and it's, it's in others ability to help me see how I can touch a life through kindness. I can touch a life through, you know, sage words of wisdom, or I could touch a life through, through just a simple gesture or, or act of humility or, uh, um, gratitude who knows right mm -hmm. uh, but um, if i were a man of great immeasurable means um my ability to contribute is 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 a thousand fold you know a million fold in some cases a billion fold <laughs> and uh the fact that these are those among us who are don't always feel compelled to to put into action in that way i think is is I struggle with that. But at the same time, others might argue, well, you know, is it possible for those same individuals to have come into the wealth that they have accumulated if they had the mentality of being a contributor? You know what I mean? Like, what, like, what, did, it, does it, that dampen or hamper that level of progress? So I get it. Like, I'm getting all philosophical. Basis. It's case by case but, but basis, exactly. But I do think a song like Do the Evolution, it calls into, to question uh, what we are and what we stand for and what we've done. And, and it takes an honest look at what we have accomplished and the means by which we have accomplished it. And it raises the question of whether or not the ends justify those means. Well, there's two songs, like I said. And I that think that's really what a history class should be about, is looking absolutely. at every pivotal event in history and saying, do the ends justify the means? And, and there sometimes there are, well, in a lot of cases, there aren't ends. We're, we're, we're always working towards something better or something, well, we hope better. But the end isn't, when we get to the end, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, We don't want the end. But I, your point is well taken. Um, two songs that honorable mentions for me 
that I think completely tie into this conversation that that are like one B and one C for me. But I thought the evolution, which is a little bit more all-encompassing, was WMA and green disease. Yeah. I thought about green disease. Th- those those ticked a lot of boxes. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a song by Social Distortion off of their last record, which I think is fucking like 10 years old now, which is very frustrating because it's a great album and that they're a great band. Uh where I think it's actually called this, but the, the main line is "Can't take it with you," and the whole idea is you got all this money. What are you? Gonna, you you're just you're just gonna hold on to it. You're gonna you're just gonna be a rich guy. You can't take it with you. No, yep. do, do something with it. You know, give back. Do something with it. So, um, good. I was gonna say this. It's it. You gave me a segue, but it'll completely take us off this segment. Okay, well, come we'll come back to your segue. Got any honorable mentions for this? Um, the only other song that I thought I, mean, I, I did have retrograde in mind as well, but that was for, for an earlier class. Mm-hmm. You had already used that one. So I, I pivoted towards my other choice there. Um, I, I thought that a song like dance of the clairvoyance was interesting just in terms of uh, human sexuality. Hmm. I thought that, you know, especially in today's day and age where you, you really start to understand it's not just about how the body works it's also about the dynamic the the dynamics between um men and women uh and an honest look at how you know gender types impact the way that we perceive ourselves and and how we make choices that impact others so i thought uh you know we had talked a little bit about that line you know and uh fire things and file things it remains suspect even in the and i'll use this as the segue instead you know i got my uh my gigaton tour cd mm-hmm. that pearl jam dropped and if you listen to the version that they they put on there of dance of the clairvoyance it it is almost unmistakable he's saying file not fire he does this though and, and so he, are the other band members i don't know if it's intentional but this is how he sings it it's weird yeah. Like literally, when I first heard the song, I go, "Why is he saying file things? Like, like in a filing cabinet? I don't understand." But like when you when you realize that he's, as far as I'm aware, really trying to sing fire things that obviously you read you read it in the context of the rest of the line. Like, oh yeah, fucking macho dudes and their, yeah. their guns. I get that. Um, what was your philosophical choice? Your your bonus class? Ah, uh, I am mine. I am my. Oh yes. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like the the idea of uh, you know a little bit of existentialism, a little Descartes, huh? I think Ooh, therefore Descartes. I am. Yeah, we, look at you, we college. Can, yeah. <laughs> we'll call it an intro to philosophy class. Okay, offered to seniors only as an elective. How about By that? By the way, uh, before we move on, one quick funny story. I, I was a freshman in college, mm-hmm. and I, I had chosen philosophy one hundred and one as one of my like you know core electives because i had to fulfill you know a couple of credits and you know before i could do the thing that i wanted to do which by the way freshman and sophomore year of college is kind of like the dumbest shit ever because it's all that the baseline shit and half you half of what you learned already in high school before you get to like oh this yeah. is how i get yeah. to learn about what i really came here for anyway and that's a whole other conversation yeah it's an extra so two the, years of tuition <laughs> hey i had a great time uh but 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 philosophy 101 first day I walk in there. It's a it's a beautiful August day in Coral Gables, Florida, where I went to school. I walk in, teacher walks in, goes to the whiteboard, 
writes on the whiteboard, what is truth? And I go, mm. fuck me, I'm out. <laughs> now, if it was me now going in, I'd be like, oh, this is this could be interesting. Let's see what everybody has to say. But 18-year-old me was like, I am not interested in this bullshit. Not having it. <laughs> not <Yeah>. having it. <laughs> I was far too young and stupid to give a damn about what that kind of conversation could. Anyway. I understand. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I am curious. This is obviously a very strange um, uh, exercise, but especially for some of you who are actually in high school or even college, um, how do you view these songs? Do, do you do you think that these songs make for a good jumping off point for each of these courses? Um, do you have other courses that you'd love to kind of drop into the syllabus, not a syllabus, into the uh, into the calendar um, in the curriculum? And what songs would you choose? I'm, I would love to know what those are because I'm sure we're missing some really, really great choices. Uh, and so while you're thinking about that, we're going to move on to our Lyric of the Week. Lyric of the Week this week may be a great choice for a theology class. Mm. From No Code, it's Sometimes. Seek my part Devote myself Okay, I, I, there's not a whole lot of lyrics in this one, and they there's not really a chorus per se. There's just kind of like lyrics that just kind of go. So this is kind of just in the middle of the song. Um, what do you make of these? Seek my part, like looking for your place. And I think that that at some point, as we enter uh, the latter stages of youth into adulthood, and we try to make sense of, of what our purpose is, we try to... Give, want to figure out what what we're meant to do you know why are why are we here uh, what, what are what is our life in service of what is what is the purpose of our life and i think that there's no more terrifying prospect to somebody in his or her uh, early 20s or very very late teens than the idea that that your life is is inconsequential it it is the most um depressing thought and i think that you know to some degree as we grow older there's a certain level of peace or uh, acquiescence that comes with that oh, yeah. you know that you mm -hmm. just capitulate to the idea that that's we're a great word to a, a speck of stardust you know <laughs> you say you know what um, i got my scotch right here i'm just gonna enjoy myself what can yeah, i do <laughs> enjoy what do you do, do, you do? um <laughs> But you do, you do, we do, you know, we, I think at some, at some point in life, you, there, there's a piece that comes with just capitulation, almost a, a meditative piece that comes with it and, and a level of fulfillment, a rewarding level of fulfillment. If you, if, if you find yourself a, amongst the right Buddhist monk, but, uh, I don't know though. I don't know if I'm ever going to truly feel that way. I, I don't, I feel like there's, there's, Interesting. there's something more that, 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 that we're meant to to do and you will look at the ripple effect of how a single act of kindness can have on on so many other lives across generations i have a hard time believing that that level that that transference of energy is just purely inconsequential and, and our level of consciousness 
to me does not feel accidental. I feel like our ability to comprehend existence. You know, I, I, I cited the Descartes line. I, I, I think, therefore, I am. I mean, how, what other species can, can can actually rationalize and comprehend its own state of existence? Um, so I, I have a hard time believing that it's just as simple as that. It, under no stretch of the imagination could I possibly define what it's about or or what it means. But but therein lies or, or therein lies the. Like. Uh... Therein lies, there, the, therein lies the impetus though. of faith uh, to some degree in the sense that I think f- for many that provides an answer or, or that that provides a definition or or some some sort of uh, framework under which to understand all this. But uh, whether you want to choose to believe or subscribe to a faith or not, I mean, it. I think that m- more than anything, when I look at a line like this, seek my part, devote myself, my small self, there is that humility there. You know, I, I think I mentioned this podcast before that the, the, the most humble moment, the most liberating moment for me was when I was sailing on a boat oh, many, yeah. many years ago, right? I, from Malta to, or yeah, from yeah. Uh, Sicily down to Malta. And I said how I was literally just alone on a boat, not alone. I had others with me, but everybody was asleep and I was up top and it, I just looked up. I saw the, the clearest sky I'll ever see in my life. And I remember thinking to myself, there's, there's nothing, there's, there's no no discernible life in any direction for like what seemed like thousands of miles. And, uh, I remember thinking if like no one would hear me scream right now. And, and, uh, it was so liberating and terrifying at the same time. And, uh, I, I just can't help, but, but think to myself that, um, I felt small, but not in a way that made me feel insignificant. It, I felt small in a way that I felt like I, I was a small part of something so much bigger, but I was an important cog in that giant wheel, that giant cosmic wheel. And it was a, the, the tiniest of tiny cogs, don't get me wrong. But, um, but, but it was all part of a larger working mechanism and every piece plays its part. You know what I mean? I seek my part. Uh, I just don't know what that part is. I didn't know what it is. I don't know if I'll ever know what it is. You know what I mean? But I think that, that that's part of what drives us in life is our, our desire to seek that part. Like a book amongst the many on the shelf. Um, and I think that that piece is important because at some point you have to be able to put your ego in check and realize that we are but books amongst many on the shelf. And we all have our stories, our beginning, our middle, and our end. But that does not make us a more important or higher selling book than any other. You know what I mean? Like for our ability to, to just step outside of ourselves. Uh, it, it, it's amazing how those who are least comfortable in their own skin are the ones that feel that they are somehow the center of the universe and it's everyone else's job to inhabit within that skin. And, 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 and you know what I mean? It's, mm. I don't know, but, uh, this song, I, I just find those lyrics to be really, really profound. And, uh, they just kind of occupy a very simple space in the middle of a very simple song that really doesn't seem to, uh, escalate or, or, ascend to anything seemingly profound it feels like a song that's leading into something and then just fizzles out and 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 i i think that uh, in a lot of ways i wonder if that's a a a metaphor for life that we think that we're all ascending towards something and we just are left with these profound thoughts and questions and then we just fizzle out i don't know i I, you know considering this song was i i would i would think written after the long road yeah the mirror perhaps perhaps he was I don't know. Um, 
love all that. This isn't the first time it has described humans in a way that minimizes or humbles them. Yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned um, in con- is, is, is it in consequence a, ba- a word? Inconsequential, inconsequential, insignificant. Not to be accused with insignificance. So, so I use I use the word insignificance, recognizing our insignificance, but but not in that way. Um, Which, of course, Ed would elaborate on in that very track on binaural. Um, This is a welcome change from the bravado heavy music, both before the alt rock movement and immediately following it. And if you've seen either documentary on Woodstock 99, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Ed, as we've pointed out more than a few times uh, on this show, has an interesting relationship with religion and God, at least from a lyrical point of view. And this is definitely one of those, one of those least antagonistic moments. Uh, Mind your manners and marker in the sand, they are not. Um, what I love about this stanza, especially, is the subject wanting to be more than. They want to be someone unique. They want to use whatever gifts, talents they have to make better the world around them. You know, seek isn't just finding something. In, in, the, in the words of Stip, it's agency. He loves mm-hmm. talking about agency, you know. Actively trying to unlock one's purpose. Then you have the word devotion or in this way it's devote myself but devotion that's a strong word and 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 one often in the circle of religion but here it's used in my opinion to devote oneself to simply being noticed or appreciated and wanted in their society useful even the recognition as i mentioned as one's small self that humility i like that i like the humility and that final part, like a book amongst the many on the shelf, we want to be noticed. What does a book have to do to be noticed, to be picked off the shelf and read? That's all we're trying to do. Any one of those books might be a great read, but we want to be picked. What can we do? What can we offer to be seen, to be wanted, to have the ability to help someone? It's a fabulously simple song that says a whole lot. And to have the mindset and the awareness of humility, but also a desire to be something bigger than what you feel that you are at that moment to work for something, to want to, um, for lack of a better word, exploit your own talents to be a Mm -hmm. part of that cog, to be, to be a part of that wheel as you, you felt when you were in that boat. Uh, Ed does a magical job of putting together such a conversation and i i said at the very top you know this could be the song choice for theology because we could be talking about this for if there's 10 other people in this room we'd have a hell of a conversation for a couple of hours here just leaping off launching board style diving board style yep. um, into the pool of this conversation and he does it in what like seven lines eight lines uh uh in two minutes and you said it doesn't actually get to anywhere it's no, kind of it like it just all of a sudden hail hail smashes you in the face. So uh, <laughs> brilliant stuff. I love this part of the song. I love this song, and uh, I think we should uh, check out 
the best version, in our opinion, in our live cut of the week. Live cut of the week. Sometimes the no code tour does not offer a lot. No. And we have talked about how we need more from this tour. We need a vault release, if not three. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the first on the list is Berlin. All right. We got to go back there. November 3rd, 1996, the capital of Germany. <laughs> So for me, one of the reasons why I like this cut is that Ed sounds like the record. He sounds humble when he should be, but grows with the music as he should as well. Some songs I like when he kind of finds a new valley or a new way to get to the end result of this of the song. This one, I like how he does it on the record, and I think he does it very well here. I think Mike and Stone are both really lovely with their atmospheric swells around Ed's droning riff. I think Jeff and Jack do a great job of sitting in the pocket where they should be. They're not meant to really shine here per yeah. se. Yeah. They sit back very well. 
And I like that the outro kind of begins to crescendo and then kind of falls back down again. It kind of this this kind of false, um, uh, uh, I guess crescendo for lack of a better word. Uh, why why did you decide? I mean, obviously this the sound quality is 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 uh, the, audience, the, the sound yeah, that, quality is ma- massive that, here. That that that's a huge piece. I think that um, there's also the uh, it feels like it's big. It feels like like massive amphitheater big, but at the same time, it's such a quiet, hushed campfire esque type of song, and I like that dichotomy in this cut, and I feel as though they somehow managed to shrink the space with this performance. And that's the opposite of what Pearl Jam seems to, the art of what I believe Pearl Jam has mastered, which is the ability to just, I mean, send us into the stratosphere most of the time. And uh, their ability on a track like this to condense and just have us just literally, what's the right word, imploding amongst or or, or, or within ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that it's it's a special kind of performance to be able to do that, and it takes the right setting. But I mean, goes without saying that we lack a lot of quality soundboard recordings from the No Code tour, and and we are clamoring for more. And uh, of the ones that I've heard, I, I find this particular performance to be the standout one thus far. Uh, a choice uh, that lies outside of our rules that I think uh, is pretty sweet is the opening song uh from night one in inglewood in 1998 on the yule tour it's it's a little bit quicker uh than usual but it's really really kind of get you it, it's it's great for a different reason it kind of gets you amped up in a very strange yeah. way this shot this song i gotta be honest with up. you man i'd love them to rework this song it could be really cool i mean the way they did a reworking of other tracks i think sometimes is a wonderful bedrock for them to do something interesting with. Well, it's so simple. You could do anything you want. I know. So hopefully one of these days, if they ever do one of those symphony shows that you and I talked about, this is going to be one of those odd songs that somehow finds its way on the set list. Like what? Some really? (laughs) Because we limited ourselves to think 10 songs, right? We we did, but we thought big, like we thought what songs lend themselves to that. But like, this is the kind of song that I could easily see. This is the curveball they throw us. I'm like, what? By the way, guys, if you haven't listened to that epi- that episode of the show, it was like a long time ago, but it was a lot of fun. We may have to revisit that at one point, uh, at some point, because uh, to think about this band with a full symphony. And by the way, if you think about when they did the um, that VH1 The Who Honors thing mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles, they played The Real Me and um, Love Rain or Me. With a full symphony, it was fucking unreal. Anyway, anyway, um, that's the show. We thank you for listening. Uh, I do want to say before we go, um, a listener from Australia, he messages us all the time on Instagram. He's a fabulous guy. He um, he really took the the uh, getting pumped playlist episode last week pretty seriously, mm. and he really he gave us a whole breakdown. Like zone one, I'm at the elliptical. I'm doing this, so he he, he said that he forgot to uh, save our playlists 
and, and to and to do one of them or both of them, whatever. Oh, I'm sure hers is better. <laughs> well, he 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 really. Let, I'll, I'll I'll send you the screenshots, but he um, it was a pretty in depth explanation of how he was going about his way using certain songs, some of which we we did not choose. And so I go, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, he even sent Sip photos. Of the cap to you, sir. He even sent photos of the machines he was working on. <laughs> I go, dude, where's the selfie? He goes. I forgot to wear my shirt. Next time I'll wear the shirt. I'll get you new. I'm like, all right, there you go. Got to have the shirt on when you're working out. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, so anyways, just some fun shit. And that we appreciate you guys uh, taking some of these silly things that we do uh, yep. into your real lives and applying them. Uh, anything else, Paul, before we get out of here? No, just a, a reminder to feed that algorithm. It's look, it's fall. <laughs> And fall means that Paul's going to start drinking pumpkin ales. Oh, and, uh, oh pumpkin shit. ales means it's almost time for Halloween. Yeah. And that's when it's, it's just, it's a scary, frightening time for everybody. I don't want algorithms haunting me in my dreams. Feed it. Just, just feed it. By so the way, try to feed on me. Speaking of, I know we're only in September, barely in September. Have you seen those, those news stories about like, Hey, uh, parents watch out. Uh, some candies look, some candies will look like candies, but they're actually edibles. And I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck is buying edibles and then just giving them out to kids? That's 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 you're wasting money. What, what would you? Why would you give kids edibles? It's idiotic. You know, it's I, this. This is the exact opposite of Razor being a person for others. Remember that one? Uh, I thought Razor I wasn't candy. Exactly. Uh, the only other thing I would mention, and we we managed to get through the entire episode without even mentioning Patreon. Which I think no, is, we mentioned uh, it at the very top of the show, but it was sparse. Like you know, and and normally we're overkill with that. So I'm really proud of us. So we're oh, just okay. going to let that. We're going to leave that in the pocket. Huh? We're going to leave that in the pocket. Speaking of the pocket, if you could dip into your pocket and pull five dollars, <laughs> I'm just that, kidding. Oh, oh man. boy, I'm man. sorry. Wow, we almost wow. did it. Yeah, yeah. You, you 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 know what? We just talked about man's <laughs> inability to curb its exploitation. Of our lovely mother. I gotta mother pay the bills over here, man. You, you, there you go. I gotta pay the bills. That's all. <laughs> These podcasts don't host themselves. <laughs> Anyways, we kid you, and we love you, and we appreciate you listening. Wherever you're listening from, whatever state, country, hemisphere you're in, thank you for listening. Back next week. Remember, there is an interview with a with an author coming up with a new book called Every Album, Every Track. I'm making my way through it right now. I'm literally going to drive it over to Paul's house immediately after I record this so we can get that in the can. Uh, that'll be coming soon. I think we should talk to Step again to, uh, soon, too. It's been a little bit since episode 100. It's been it's been 23 episodes. I love talking. It's half a year. It's six months. Yeah. You know what? We, we have had the great fortune of having some wonderful guests on this podcast. And I can say with pure, unadulterated confidence that I would love to have every single one of them back on here. So there is no shortage of fine people to come on here and make us look better. <laughs> Man, ain't that the truth? <laughs> me, me, me especially. All right, gang, uh, we will see you next week. And until we do, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Yeah.